0: Brought to you by Fruitnet Media, this is Fruitbox. Hello and welcome to Fruitbox, Fruitnet series of conversations about the fresh fruit and vegetable business with me, Chris White. Every week I talk down the line from here in London with people from across the world of fresh produce about some of the biggest issues they face today. I want these 15-minute conversations to give you the best insight into how to do better business in fresh fruits and vegetables. Today, I want to talk about fresh logistics, uh, about how we get fresh fruits and vegetables to market, about how we do it today and and how we might do it tomorrow. And I want to look at some of the big challenges that the logistics sector faces uh, for fresh fruits and vegetables and, and what it might mean for them in future. Uh, to discuss some of these issues, I'm, I'm delighted to be joined down the line from his offices in Los Angeles, California, by Orlando Wong of Able Freight. Orlando, welcome to Fruitbox.
1: Thank you, Chris. Good uh, afternoon to you. <laughs>
0: and, and another beautiful day, I have no doubt, in, in Los Angeles. Now, tell us about uh, Able Freight. What, what is it you do?
1: Uh, I'm the CEO of Abel Freight. Uh, Abel Freight was founded in 1992. Uh, We headquartered in Los Angeles uh, with refrigerator facilities in uh, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Honolulu, Kona, Guadalajara, Mexico City. And also we have about 75 plus uh, agents that specializes in what we do globally. Uh, We call them often uh, global heroes. Um our focus is really on temperature and time-sensitive cargo, uh, ranges anyway from fruits and veg, protein, seafood, pharmaceuticals to e-commerce now. Um,
0: and you handle all of that chain from the grower, shall we say, right to the to the customer?
1: Yeah, majority of Freya from uh, origin to destination airport. I want to say uh, 25% of which uh, door-to-door. Uh, it's getting to be more and more popular. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, now, I think I, I know the answer to to my next question, um, and that's how has the pandemic been for your business? I guess it's been pretty complicated. Am I right?
1: Yeah, it's uh, very challenging. I mean, it was it's been a very challenging eighteen months. Uh, you know, started with you know not knowing what to do. Uh, you know, when the pandemic first started, you know, we started tightening our belt. Uh, then all of a sudden, you know, it was, it was like the just opened up. know, we haven't stopped since March of 2020. We've been uh, moving freight, um, you know, left and right, Uh, obviously uh, started uh, with 85 or even 95 percent of all the passenger flights were suspended, international passenger flights. Uh, So we had to, you know, look elsewhere, uh, mostly charter airlines, you know, for cargo capacities. Um, it was also very uh, fortunate that uh, the airline started to uh, put on the thinking cap and start uh, converting the passenger flights, passenger planes uh, into cargo planes. Um, so that really helped a big deal. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, your uh, offices, and I remember visiting them um, a few years back, they're right next to, to LAX, to Los Angeles International Airport. And right. In fact, I remember right off one of the main runways there, and, and you're close to to the port of Los Angeles at Long Beach, which isn't far away from you. So you really saw this downturn during the pandemic at, at very close quarters. And you mentioned about business coming back. You've also seen some of the stresses that this return to normal, if we can call it that has brought. I mean, there were images that I saw on my television screen or in the newspapers about container ships queuing outside the port of Los Angeles, huge numbers of them. What's the situation now? Have things improved?
1: No, actually, it has not. I think the last I checked uh, was a couple of days ago. There were about 64 vessels waiting to to come into uh, to dock uh, at Long Beach. The situation really has not been improved. Uh, you know, to contain container yard is uh, quadruple stacked. Normally, it's only double stacked. Now is quadruple stacked. Uh, so there's no room really to work around it. Uh, also, customers are very slow in picking up their their containers. So Essentially, Long Beach is now is like a storage dock. There is no room to work around. It's, it's, uh, the infrastructure needs to be expanded in, you know, in 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 a big way.
0: And and Orlando, what's caused that bottleneck? Is it that that sounds as though it's the onshore logistics side of things? Is that right?
1: Yeah, I think is well. First is there are a lot of export coming in. It's like an explosion of demand of consumer goods. So a lot of containers are coming in from the Far East mainly. Um, So all these empty containers, they need to be positioned somewhere. So they all triple stack, you know, quadruple stack, you know, around uh, around the port. And also uh, because of the labor shortages, a lot of the customers, they didn't have people to unload these containers at their at their facilities. So they left it at the uh, at the shipping uh, yard. So that cost the major uh, constraint.
0: And this kind of um, this problem that you have there at at, uh, the port um, is that is that something that's going to we're going to see ease quite quite soon, or is it something that's going to be around for quite some time, in your opinion?
1: Yeah, I think it will be you know at least until the first or second quarter of next year. Uh, I I just can't see um, the labor um, shortage improve uh, anytime soon.
0: And and what what impact does this have? It is it just it it just creates a shortage of of container boxes does it
1: uh there's no shortage of container boxes actually there are too many container boxes they just sitting around with you know it's people are actually customers are trying to return i was told customers trying to return empty boxes back to the yard but because there's no space to to really put them so they were being refused but yet they're being charged to merge It's a big problem. Mm. But
0: but I mean container boxes that are kind of fixed there in Los Angeles, so therefore they're not circulating around the system. Is that 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 becomes a problem?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Now now at Able, I know that you've at Able Freight you've you've done something which I think was quite um, how should I say, forward thinking in many ways. You had this combination of of air Mm -hmm. freight and sea freight. Um, and that was a key driver behind your business expansion in the last uh, 20, 20 years. So mm. you'd get you'd, you'd air freight to, let's say, to Los Angeles from Latin America uh, mm. and also, sorry, sea freight from Latin America to Los Angeles and air freight then to Europe or to Asia. Um, now, is there potential to develop this, this kind of combination uh, still further or have innovations in reef technology? and the increase, perhaps, in fuel prices, have, have they made you change your outlook or change your strategy?
1: No, this is really nothing uh, new. Uh, you know, it's still a very viable option, you know, for a specific commodity and specific time uh, of the season. Uh, whether it's, you know, air sea or sea air, it provides half the cost of air freight and twice the speed of ocean. So it's still a winning formula. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I mentioned the, the issue about uh, of, of fuel prices. Um, what impact is it having on, on the logistics business? I mean, what, what impact has it had today and what impact might it have in the future, in your opinion?
1: Yeah, obviously, you know, increase the cost of goods, but, you know, but with the current supply and demand of goods, it's being overlooked at the moment. Uh, but uh, obviously, you know, we, try, we all try to do things a little bit more efficient. So you hear a lot about EV, uh, electric trucks, self-driving trucks, uh, a lot of electric uh, uh, mode of transportations out there. So certainly it will play uh, a part uh, in in the future, um, but you know the way in our uh, perishable logistic business is most often being overlooked because the fact that you know like the berries and whatnot, you really don't have a choice. Uh, you can put it by ocean, um, you know you have to fly them. So it's, it's just uh, a cost of doing business. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. You you mentioned you mentioned this about about flying. Uh, products around the world, and they still account for a very small percentage of the total uh, of, of the total volumes of fruits and vegetables that are traded around the world. But nonetheless, um, certainly in consumers' minds, uh, uh, kind of air freight for them is a problem, especially in these days of uh, of climate change. And We've just had the the COP uh, the COP meetings here in 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 my part of the world in in Glasgow in Scotland. Um, okay. Uh, but that involved, you know, 200 countries and more ar- around the, the planet. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think the days for global distribution of fresh fruits and vegetables are, are kind of numbered or the consumers now want to buy more produce that comes from closer to home? And again, what what implications does that have for you as a global operator?
1: Yeah. I mean, I assume you're, you know, you're talking about carbon footprint. Uh, you know, I think it's a balance. So for us, you know, uh, from the U.S., you know, the carbon footprint is more of an European thing. Because if you think about Asia and the Middle East, you know, they still want the finest fruits and veg from countries that can produce, you know, under strict food safety protocol. So you look at, you know, a very wealthy Asian from China or Hong Kong, they still want fruits and veg from California, Australia and New Zealand because of the food safety. Um, you know, so consumers are used to having also like cherries and berries, you know, year round, not specific time of the year. Mm-hmm. And they need to be airflow from both hemispheres. So we we don't see that as a complete, you know, where, you know, people just don't don't want anything airflow you know, because but there's still a demand there. Mm-hmm. But
0: do you think there might be interventions now that come from the public authorities to say, look, uh, uh, you know, it's best that we don't do this. You shouldn't be doing this. Do you think that's going to happen or do you not worry too much about that?
1: Yeah, We don't see that in Asia and the Middle East, but we do see that in Europe. You know, like I just mentioned to you that, you know, I said a meeting, you know, with a supermarket chain in, in Europe. And, you know, after the whole speech, you know, at the end of uh, the meeting, the buyer basically said, you know, by the way, uh, by 2025, we're going to start buying uh, airflow asparagus. <laughs> so it is happening. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, d- demand for fruits and vegetables in, in Asia, and you've mentioned it uh, several times already. It's grown hugely in, in recent years. That, that's had a very beneficial impact on your business, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, for us, yes. Uh, 50% of our uh, A exports are really going to Asia and South Pacific. So we're benefiting from the continuous growth uh, of the middle class in Asia. Uh, it was the case, you know, the last 10 to 15 years, and it will continue to, you know, to be the same case for the next 15, 10 or 15 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: You mentioned a moment ago this buyer in, in, in Europe that's said that by, you know, a date that's not so far away in the future, they'll stop wanting air freighted uh, asparagus. That must be a, a, a big challenge for you. And there are other big challenges and, and changes that your business faces in future. Um, presumably, these are challenges that face the sector as a whole.
1: Um, what do you say? Well, the challenges in our industry, I mean, aside from the, <clears throat> from the carbon footprint, you know, right now is really just limited to, to Europe. Yeah? Um, it may, you know, spread to Asia and spread to the Middle East. Uh, we don't know at the moment, but for, in terms of the biggest challenge for us in the freight industry is, is for us, it's really, um, uh, we feel that the visibility is not there. Uh, our industry is very antiquated. If you talk to some of the old timers, in the air freight industry, they would tell you that you know, 40 years ago, uh, whatever they were doing is pretty much similar to what what they are currently doing. So it's really not a whole lot of uh, improvement. Uh, the biggest part is really there's no visibility. Uh, for us, is you know, without visibility, there's no accountability, and without accountability, there's no improvement.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: you know, we really need to let the consumers and and know that what the challenges are, so we can tackle them. Mm-hmm. bit by bit. Also, so, I think collaboration is, uh, is a key. Um, I know, you know, we're very silo because, you know, we're competing in this, you know uh, you know, this logistic space there, but I urge, you know, our competitors, you know, to work closer together, to collaborate to solve many of the pressing issues in front of us and ahead of us.
0: And, and this bit, this kind of frustration with uh, as it were, the lack of change is that to do largely with the technology uh, of transportation that essentially you're, putting, you know, virtually the same box into the same kind of aircraft. It's done in, effectively, the same way as it's been done for decades. And there's really been no significant t- change to that. Is, that. is that what
1: you mean? Yeah, that's exactly what I meant. I mean, uh, if you really think about it, right, so you transport the, uh, uh, okay, look at it this way. So you look at the growers. They, the growers, they spend a lot of time, effort, money to grow the crops, yeah? and they bring it to our facility in the refrigerated truck and then uh, once it gets into our refrigerated facility we package them and then we put it in um, uh, uh, in a, you know a container and then we take it to the airport once we take it to the airport when the tr- our truck door opens up you know your coaching is gone yeah so all that uh, uh, nuances that you know we really need to know and to understand um, how we can you know further improve that uh, because if the airlines are not telling us if there's no visibility out there there's no temperature recording there's no continuous accountability we can't fix the problem mm-hmm. so the more visibility we have the more you know we can you know tell the airlines hey this is what we're looking for this is what we need to get done um, and, and do there's think- also a, sorry there's also a saying that you know one degree loss in temperature is when they lost a shelf life
0: absolutely and just last last point do you think that the, the as it were airlines understand that it's going to be more difficult perhaps to get passengers sitting upstairs on their aircraft that they actually need to devote perhaps a little bit more attention to the cargo that's downstairs in the belly of the aircraft and the services they provide to that do you think that's a uh, something worth considering
1: Actually, that's a very good point. You know, I think education is, uh, is, is a key. You know, the more uh, visibility there is out there, the more the consumers will demand. So, you know, yeah, you hit it right there. Mm, very good point.
0: Orlando, mm. <laughs> our, our 15 minutes are up, and I'm, I'm afraid, and that's all we've got time for today on Fruitbox. I was joined from his offices in the wonderful city of Los Angeles by Orlando Wong of Able Freight Associates. Thank you so much for joining me today on Fruitbox.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: Now, you can find today's conversation with Orlando and the many others I'm having here on Fruitbox on our website, fruitnet.com. I share every episode uh, on my profile on LinkedIn. So do connect with me there too. post your comments on what you hear and and do reshare my post with your followers, too. Uh, And don't forget to let me know what issues you want to hear discussed here on Fruitbox. Do stay tuned and continue to make Fruitbox your regular listen. That was Fruitbox, and this is Chris White. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. To sponsor a future episode, please email advertising at fruitnet.com. You can follow us on Twitter at FruitNet Live. And don't forget you can keep up to date with all the latest fresh produce industry news at fruitnet.com.